Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 319. That what, why, and how, that really is the core of, of empowering employees, right? I can do it. I know how to do it, and I can do it. I want to do it. I will do it, right? That, that's, that's a, that's, training is a very key component in equipping, empowering, and motivating. That's, those, those three words are very powerful um, in, in the business world and in human behavior. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurantowner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10-day pass for only $1. Get on it. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Anton Velado, or I should say Dr. Anton Velado. Tell me, are you feeling unstoppable today? Eric, I'm feeling unstoppable like a steamroller. My job <laughs> yes. is to to destroy obstacles on the path to success. So I'm I'm unstoppable like a steamroller. I love it, man. So Anton is a graduate of Texas A&M and holds a PD or sorry a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. During his career, Dr. Velado has worked with organizations in various industries, but most recently uh, the restaurant industry. In 2016, Dr. Anton Velado joined restaurantowner.com to become their chief people officer. His work has been presented at national conferences and published in various scientific journals and books. So what we're here to talk about today is training and how we need to implement it is other things like how we should, uh, train certain people differently. So that's just a huge aerial view of what we're going to be talking about today and who Dr. Anton Velado is. But let's get that motivational, inspirational, ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us? So yeah, you know, in, in the training field, uh, you know, something that stands out to me is just the power of this quote by Henry Ford. It said, the only thing worse than training your employees and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. And I think that's such a powerful a powerful message. I mean, it really communicates the importance and the value of training and the fact that you, you really don't want to shortchange this at all. Mm, I love it. Great way to get this going. And that's such an issue. I feel like people have such a way of blaming other reasons other than themselves for things not working out. And that lack of training, that lack of 
carrying that lack of preparing our people to be successful at their job, but not only at their job, but at life. I feel like we just don't invest enough in our people as much as we used to. Do you feel that sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and being in the industry, being in the training industry and thinking about training, you know, as much as I hate to admit, 24-7, you know, I can't help but to see this out there in, in, in the world, right? I mean, wh- when I think about like a bad cervix experience, right? When I think, or even job performance in general, if we just extend this out to, to job performance, right? I mean, you think about the last bad experience you've had, whether it be at retail or, or in a restaurant, um, you know, when you when you get right down to it, what what's the root cause, right? Is it is it the person was not able to perform that job at all? They weren't capable? They didn't have the ability to do whatever they were supposed to do? You know, it, probably not. That's probably not the case right it's probably that they weren't equipped to do it right mm-hmm. um or they, they didn't feel that they could do it they weren't empowered to do it or, or maybe not even motivated to do it and and um you know what we can talk about today is is the power of training to equip empower motivate individuals um to perform and so it's it's, it's amazing that we, we 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 give it such lip service and then you know when it comes time to do it it, it kind of falls by the wayside uh, man i I hear you, and I, I can't wait to dive further into this topic of training, but first I want to get to know you a little better, Anton. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are, starting with your role at restaurantowner.com as a chief people officer. What, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that? So so uh, broadly, I'm an industrial organizational psychologist, which is a mouthful, uh, but it's really two distinct areas, and, and it's industrial, and that that has to do with human resource management. So when you think about the areas that I that I that I focus on in my industrial side, it's strategic human resource planning. It's it's all the legal issues associated with humans and and employment and such. It's compensation, recruiting. Um, we deal with employment testing. So I've written you know personality tests, um, intelligence tests, um, engagement assessments, and the like. We think about placement. You know where to put people in the organization, where to put people in your restaurant. You know today we're going to focus on training. That's a big part of industrial psychology. Is is how to how do you equip people to perform at their highest levels um, and, and things like performance assessment. So anything that that really falls under the domain of, of human resources, that's that's the industrial side. The other side is um, organizational. And this is the, the area of management or organizational behavior that deals with things like culture. And, you know, Eric, I'm a big proponent of culture. I mean, that's just, that's in my blood. And um, that's that's in the, the, the fabric of restaurantowner.com as we can talk about as well. But this also deals with, you know, human behavior. Like, why do humans do what they do? Um, you know, what motivates them? Um, you know, and, and even um, more, more fine-grained things like communication or conflict and how do you overcome those things. Another area that I'm, I'm really passionate about is teams and team performance. How do, you, how do you get a group of people to perform at high levels? And, and that falls under organizational um, psychology as well or organizational behavior and things like performance management and leadership and organizational change. So that's, that's the field of organizational, uh, industrial organizational psychology, and, and, and that's where I hold my, my advanced degree. In terms of restaurantowner.com, what is a chief people officer, right? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, it, restaurantowner.com is very unique, right? I mean, for those of you who don't know, it's an online resource for for current and future restaurant owners. Restaurantowner.com really has targeted resources to help you open a restaurant, to run a restaurant, or to grow a restaurant business. And we even go out there and provide a a dose of restaurant reality if you're thinking about opening a a restaurant, if you're just dreaming about it. And we organize our resources around our philosophy of what it takes to run a successful restaurant. So these are our three pillars of 
or, or skills. They're, they're business, systems, and culture. And I'm sure you and your listeners have come to realize you need to be competent in all three of these areas to operate a successful restaurant or really any business, any successful business. When it comes right down to it, when a restaurant isn't living up to its full potential business-wise, more often than not, it comes down to a shortcoming in one of these skills. So even still, I mean, when we think about it, these are all interrelated and dependent, right? A deficiency not only limits your restaurant directly, but it can affect the others. And so that's really – that's that's in the fabric of, of what we do at restaurantowner.com and that's allowed us to to just consistently meet our mission and and for those of you who aren't familiar with it our mission is to change lives by educating and inspiring independent restaurant operators to create restaurant success stories and and that's what that's what I do I help facilitate that from the perspective of focusing on culture human resources and and organizational behavior so I apply my trade my skills my experience and, and bring that to bear for the independent restaurant owner out in out in the country and and, and across the globe um, so that's that's what I do I love that you put that whole uh, idea of you know, enabling and informing people uh, at restaurantowner.com, but also maybe to give them a reality check and talk them out of it. Sometimes I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do here at Restaurant Unstoppable. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? This is what it's going to take. It's not too late to say that's not for me. <laughs> but <laughs> If you're not ready for it, right? I mean, why, why, why enter it? I mean, yeah. we all want to be successful. So I think, it's a gr- I think it's a great mission. I think it's a, a, a great activity in which to engage. So yeah, I'm with you. So I'm curious, why did you choose this line of work? What is it about the world of culture and, and leadership and just human behavior in general that's so appealing to you? Why did you choose this path in life? Well, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a long journey, right? I mean, graduate study is a long journey, and, and why, why do I study humans? I mean, they, they're an amazing – they're amazing creatures, right? I mean, this is amazing creation out here, these, these individuals with brains that, that, that perform work and, you know, form our societies and form our cultures. Uh, why, why not study them? What else, what else would I study? Um, human behavior is fascinating, and, and, and um, you know, when, when I was teaching at the university level, I'd tell my students, right, no matter what industry you go into, no matter what job you have, there are very few where you are not going to be interacting with humans, right? Um, this is an amazing field of study is, yeah. is the human and I, I, human behavior. I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm actually reading a book right now uh, called Sapiens. You've probably heard of it, but it's like a, a brief history of mankind uh, or humankind. I don't know if you've heard of it, but man, it, just to kind of compound off of what you said, yeah, the, the our history, humans in general, what we've accomplished is nothing short of amazing. Uh, and just that that's – I feel like since this industry is such a people industry, that book is a must read. Are, are you familiar with it? I'm not. You I'm not. Uh, I'll you go check it out. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, but you're right. I mean, it's it is a like it's a people industry, right? Yeah. I mean, you you think about it, and it's about the guest experience, right? And if it's not about the guest experience, it's about the employee experience, and and those are just two groups of people, right? You really are in a business of 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 humans and people. That's that's what restaurants are about. So, what was the tie for you? Why why did you? What was the appeal about the restaurant industry that made you go full head or full steam on focusing what you do and tying it to this industry? It's it's independent restaurants really. That that's really what it is. If 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 to 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 focus on the question, it's about independent restaurants, right? They're visible, they're important, they're integral parts of the communities they serve, mm-hmm. right? Unlike unlike chains, people form personal connections with their their hometown restaurants, mm-hmm. and these independents have a local identity, and they're often one of the most tangible representations of an area's heritage, of its history, of its characteristics, and and I'll tell you, it's just it, it's really rewarding to think about helping. 
you know, startups and businesses where people invest their their lives, their time, their family. I mean, you know, I'm out there in some restaurants and, and you've got the entire family working there. And and we can move that from from a struggling business that's barely making it or worse to a business that's successful, right, where people have lives and can enjoy what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. I mean, that's, that's really the goal here, right, is to create these success stories of, mm-hmm. of restaurants. I, I love it. I mean, they, independent restaurants – you know, drive the economy. They're, they're just a, a, a wonderful place to operate. These, these people are motivated. They're eager. They're passionate. Um, they're hard workers. I mean, they are amazingly hard workers. And, uh, you know, why wouldn't you want to work in this? This Why wouldn't you want to help them? I, I just can't help it. Right? Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, abs- I just can't help but be a, be a help. <laughs> Absolutely. I just grabbed my phone as you were talking. And if you noticed that, I, don't worry, I wasn't texting anybody. I wanted to grab my phone because, again, you, you were talking about uh, community and the, the impact these independent restaurants have in their community and it, it reminded me again of sapiens that book i was talking about and the, the complete title is sapiens a brief uh history of humankind uh, and that's by i'm not even going to pretend to know how to say this name but it's like yuval noah harari or something like that but um <laughs> anyway we're probably better off yep. googling the, the the title of the book <laughs> but I, you know exactly you know honestly like but the whole idea of the impact that independents have in small communities i mean we as humans are only really supposed to be able to manage 150 relationships in our lives anything more than that is not it's it's disingenuous it's not real um we can't do it i mean maybe there's a few people that can handle a few more than 150 but what i love about independent restaurant operations is it's impactful it's it's meaningful relationships uh, and I feel like there's just a huge void in that in our world today. And I, I feel like there is no other place in the world where that impactful human connectivity is greater than in the restaurant industry on a small scale. And th- I mean, that's why I love it. But uh, I just love that you went there with talking about the just the impact with communities independents have. Uh, any thoughts on that before we move on? No, I, I think you're 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 dropping these nuggets that that I that I want to pursue, right? But I, we're not we're not here to talk about teams. But I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're right. These number of relationships that humans can handle, you know, they dictate the size of our organizations that are effective. They dictate the size of our social circles. It's a it's it, humans are are fascinating, mm. aren't they? Yeah. And on that topic of just impact, uh, training guys. Training is one way to show you care and to impact the people that work with you. Uh, so let's talk about training, uh, the value of training. I'll let you take it from here. What's the first thing you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great start, right? The value of training. Uh, you know, what is it and why do we do it and 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 what, what can we gain from it? I mean, I think it's really a key step in developing and, and reinforcing a culture, right? I mean, at restaurantowner.com, we focus heavily on culture. And, and, and if you think about what culture represents, right, it's the, the spoken and unspoken um, rules and values and beliefs and principles of an organization, right? It's your philosophy. It's, it's, it's why you operate and, and how you believe um, the world should work. And, and so, you know, having a really strong um, employee-centric, guest experience-centric culture is, is critical, um, and and this, you know, training is really the first opportunity that you have to communicate that culture to your employees, right? If you think about all of the different ways that an employee interacts with with a restaurant, right, from beginning to end or during the life cycle of an employee's tenure, you've got recruitment, you know, you've got hiring, which is, you know, maybe you're doing some testing, maybe you're doing interviewing, maybe you're doing, you know, a, a job, some job performance, like a trial, whatever it is, really training is, is the first opportunity that you have to communicate that 
that culture mm. and and trainees like like employees i'll extend this to employees they're watching your every move as as an owner as a manager they're watching your every move but but I don't think there's a time when they're so laser focused than during training, right? You're telling them, I'm about to teach you something that is critical to your job. Um, they're watching you. They're watching what you do. They're watching how you treat others. They're watching how you, how you go about things. And so this, this training is, is key in developing culture. And if you believe that culture is important, and it is, but if you believe that, you know, training is a key step. So that, that's a huge value in terms of training. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to keep on referencing this book just because I'm listening to it right now. And so much of that book, there's a huge portion of it dedicated to uh, how culture has allowed humans to evolve in uh, culture is basically the framework that allows us to all agree. It's basically before there was culture, the tribes were really small. And as culture started to expand, it was that culture, that those beliefs, that way of thinking that enabled us to work in bigger numbers and to show up if operating in the same rules, basically. Like these are our rules of how we live. And when you make those rules clear, it makes it easier to operate uh, effectively in bigger numbers. Uh and that, that's kind of how I look at culture is the rules by which you live by to operate yeah. effectively together. Yeah. And the fact that they're, I think, you know, spoken and unspoken, right? I mean, the fact that they, you, you may not have to write them all down, I think is what trips a lot of people up, right? That, yeah. that you can, you can spout ideas that are great and grand, but if you don't truly live by that, if that's not truly in your heart of hearts, I mean, humans are going to pick up on that. They're pretty savvy and they'll find, they'll, they'll see that. And what you do is going to reflect the culture, right? By which you live. And so, you know, culture is so important and and you can see it right in, in healthy restaurants and healthy businesses, the culture is sound and solid, and and it is it is you know in restaurants it's guest focused and, and employee focused, right? These are two very critical groups of humans that you got to think about and, and pay attention to. So, yeah, that training is training is like a key step in that, and yeah. and so. You know, I just I, I love I love that idea of culture. And, and when I think about culture, I think about like, well, where do we get it from? How do we get it? And, and, and where do we where are points of leverage? Right. Whether where are these levers that we can pull as as owners and operators and managers in, in terms of, of getting that culture ingrained into employees? I mean, one of the key steps is training. I mean, how valuable is that? Yeah. And just to kind of summarize, uh, the first idea that I'm getting from you is the first thing we need to train is culture because that culture is what's going to make us all, uh, it's what's going to connect us and give us that, that drive, that, that purpose, uh, the understanding of how to function in that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I'll talk about you know key steps in the training process, and and you know I'm just going to foreshadow that with this idea that that you know culture culture can ha- just happen, right? And 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 then you have no control over it, or you can be very purposeful, right? And and thinking about what drives you, and thinking about you know the mission of your restaurant, and and the mission really of your life, and what you're doing as a, as a as a business owner, and and it's when you take that purposeful step. To, to define that, that you're able to really see the effect that you have on employees, whether it be by just operating on your day-to-day, you know, through your day-to-day activities, or whether it's the way that you build and and reinforce what you train. Um, culture culture is very important, and 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 what I want to highlight too is just the fact that that training is a tool to help you realize that, right? It's it's a vehicle of of transferring information to to employees, but it's more than that too, right? I mean, when we think about training, I, I also think about you know uh, something I've already mentioned 
mentioned, and that's equipping, empowering, and motivating employees, mm. right? So when you think about what you do during training, you're, you're really talking about what to do. You're talking about why to do it. You're talking about how to do it, right? So so some of that is is equipping. You're giving people the tools of, of what to say to guests, right, of how to interact with them or, or, or how to move food through the kitchen, right? I mean, you're teaching them what to do, um, and then you're teaching them how to do it. But, but in there, you're also teaching them why to do it, right? And, and I think that's a big part of it, this, this idea that we can equip, empower, and motivate people, right? Combined, that what, why, and how, that really, really is, 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 is the core of, of empowering employees, right? I can do it. I know how to do it, and I can do it. I want to do it. I will do it, right? That, that's, that's a, that's, training is a very key component in equipping, empowering, and motivating. That's, those, those three words are very powerful um, in, in the business world and in human behavior. So that's, it's yet another area that, that training is really critical and valuable. How else does training impact the individual? Well, you know, it, training is an investment, right? I mean, and, and I think this is a common question um, uh, from restaurant owners uh, that, that we at restaurantowner.com field, um, you know, every now and again. And it's, you know, how much, how often, you know, what's the duration of training? And, and really when it boils down to it, it, it is expensive, right? Mm-hmm. When, when I think about um, the, the Association of Talent Development is an organization to which I belong. Um, that's an umbrella organization um, for, for focusing on training. It's really an organization for training professionals. They produce a, a, an annual report, a state of the industry report. And, and so they survey um, many, many organizations in the U.S. Um, and, and across the globe and, and talk about and, you know, really gauge the, the extent of cost of training. And, and, and first to recognize how much is spent on training in a year. Um, some of the latest statistics are in, in a single year, the organizations um, surveyed spent over 170 billion, that's billion with a B, like Bravo, right? On, on, on learning across these companies, right? I mean, that, that's a lot of money, right? It is, it is, it's expensive. Um, if you think about the employee, per employee expenditure, it's over $1,200 per employee per year. And, and this is not just new employees. This is just, th- th- this is all employees. So, so when we think about what it takes to open a restaurant and the amount of training that one might need, um, we're talking about average hourly dollar spent on learning is is in the $80 um, per hour range per employee. And 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 then also when we think about how much time is spent on employees, um, I think the numbers are somewhere in the neighborhood of over four days of, tr- of training per year um, is, is average for individuals in, in across all organizations. And that's not opening a new restaurant. That's, that's just kind of ongoing business and opening businesses. That's, it's all combined. So it kind of averages out. So maybe it's a little less for some and a little more for others. Um, some of the numbers, I mean, we're talking like a week or two of training, right. For, for servers and, and some other wait staff and, and, you know, even back of the house folks, we can talk about how long it takes them to get the education they need to, to perform some of those tasks. It's expensive, mm-hmm. but what's great is, right. It communicates to the employee that they're valuable. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, the, if we're spending this much money on them, right, that that's important, right. They're, they're a valuable asset. They're, they are a part of this business and this organization, this restaurant. And so I think training is, is one of those mechanisms that communicates to employees that they're, they're a valuable asset, that they're a resource to the restaurant. And I think sometimes we miss that point, right? We're so busy getting them up to speed that we miss the motivational component of this and, and what it communicates to them. Um, uh, you know, you asked me to talk about other things. I mean, e- e- even the 
the idea of integrating training um, or the value of training really is this idea of also integrating the concept of or, or it's consistent with the concept of effective human resource strategy. I, I, I tell restaurant owners and business owners, you know, you really want to develop an effective human resource strategy. One of the key points of that is you really should be hiring from within, right? I mean, when you think about management staff and the and the impact that they have on your restaurant and your culture, on your guest experience, you know, if you're, if you're you know, it, it's possible to go and find somebody from outside the restaurant, right? It is, po- that's not impossible, but it is very challenging. It's, it's, it's nerve wracking. That's what I hear. It's anxiety producing, right? Um, it is far better and easier easier and more efficient to hire from within. And that means developing employees through training. Um, and that in that that requires providing the right training to, to equip and empower them. And so training is a very powerful tool and vehicle for for implementing effective human resource strategy and practices like hiring from within. So th- those really all kind of it, uh, nebulous ideas, but they all point to this, this this grand idea that training is a very – it's an essential tool for any restaurant or business out there. Yeah, I just want to tie on to some of the things I, I took from that. And I mean the first and foremost, it empowers. It's self-efficacy. It's I, – I – I can, I'm being empowered to do the job. Now I can show up every day knowing I'm doing my job well and I can leave with that sense of accomplishment every day. Plus, I'm learning new things. And when I show up to work every day and I'm learning new things every day, I'm growing personally. That's one of those hierarchy, like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that personal yeah. growth, developing and knowing that you have a spot in that business, that your work matters. That all comes from training. So yeah. the other thing you mentioned, which is huge, it shows that you care. When you invest in your people, if you want people to care about you, care about them. One of the best ways that you can show somebody you care is if you invest in their knowledge and their their personal growth and their business professional growth. Uh, and then it helps them develop uh, within the company and people want opportunity. They, they don't want to be stagnant. They want to grow in life. And if you develop them so they can grow within life and within your business, I mean, it starts with you enabling them first. So all these things are huge, guys. Um, it's so important with just how we are as humans. And it starts with enabling through training. And there is one other thing I want to talk about. Oh, I just had Tom Walters on the show, or Tom Walter, sorry, on the show, who's the author of It's My Company Too. And in that book, he spends a lot of time talking about entangled companies. And what an entangled company, according to our conversation yesterday, is, is basically a company full of leaders. So you as the at the top of the hierarchy, or we use the word hierarchy, but we really don't like that word, are people who are enabling new leaders. And essentially what an entangled company is, is a company full of employees that are running the company. And then the people at the top are just enabling those people to do their job. And that's how we have to think about it. But it it provides opportunity for growth and other channels of revenue. So you can afford to do all this training. Um, yeah. So well, and, and and I want to key off of a, you know you're, you're speaking my language with the, with these uh, you know self-efficacy Maslow's hierarchy of needs right I mean these are these are core psychological concepts these are these are taught in every introductory introductory psychology course across the nation um, you know self-efficacy being this you know a, a perception that you can accomplish a task and and training absolutely does that hierarchy of needs this idea that that um, you know humans are motivated by particular needs in a particular hierarchy that this is great. And, and so I want to key off of that. I, I want to give you an example quickly um, uh, of, of how important 
training and preparation is. There's there's some there's some popular studies that are that are um, con- that have been conducted in the helping behavior literature. So helping behavior, like why humans help one another, and 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 the basis for that, right? Like what what causes humans to sacrifice themselves to help for others or to stop what they're doing to help others. And and you know we we've seen it run many many times with very similar results, right? We we set up a situation where you know somebody comes into a laboratory setting, they don't know what's going on, and 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 there's an accident that happens with an earshot and and almost nobody helps right i mean we, we these these uh, lessons and these studies are reviewed in in many many psychology courses what 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 i think is interesting is some of the follow up studies that aren't talked about as much and i don't know why because they're just as sexy as those first ones are are um, researchers who thought you know maybe it's maybe you know getting people who aren't um, equipped to help is part of the problem, right? I mean, if, if you saw somebody um, become, you know, somebody get injured and you had no first aid training or first responder training, I mean, what, what help could you be, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what they did. They, they re-ran these studies at, at, of all places, a nursing school, right? I mean, where people are trained on these sorts of things. They had somebody pretend to fall off of a ladder and they looked at the number of people who went out to help. And it was a grand majority of people, a great majority of people went out to help, right? And and what's the difference there, right? Is it location? Is it, you know, uh, sex? Is it what? No, it, it really boils down to this idea of, of when we're equipped, we can, we can do. When we're equipped, we choose to do. And, and, and that, that is a great example, I think, of, of what you can accomplish with training. If, if you spend the money on it, if you invest the resources, and if you communicate that to your employees. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. I love it. And basically what Anton and I are trying to do right now is just emphasize the value of training. I mean, yes, it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of time, but it is, it's actually invaluable. I mean, when you can create a company that people just understand how it works, why it works, and you enable them, you empower them to not only know how to do things, but but free them to make those decisions on their own so they can jump in and help when they see opportunity to, to go the extra mile. Because remember, guys, success in this industry comes from exceeding expectations, not meeting them, but you have to empower people to exceed those expectations before you can expect it to ever happen. And uh, just one last thought on this idea of why it's so valuable is the difference between a transactional organization and a transformal or transformal transformative, sorry, a transactional uh, company and a transformative company. Uh, you need to think of your company as something or to exist, to transform the people it affects, the people that work for you. You, you need to literally change them as human beings, develop them as people. And if you just look at your company as, you know, I'm going to, it's a transaction. I'm paying you five or for your server, maybe 12 bucks an hour. You show up, you do your job and you go. If that's as far as that is, if that's as deep as your organization goes, you're doing a disjustice to not only yourself and your business, but to everybody your business touches. So yeah, yeah, I love I love a quote from um, Jack Welch, right? He, the former CEO of GE, right? Um, he said an organization's ability to learn and translate that learning into action rapidly is the ultimate competitive advantage, and and he he stood by that at, at his time uh, for his time at GE. Uh, I think that just speaks volumes to to the power of of um, training and learning yeah. in organizations <laughs> we're already at a half hour and we're like a third of what through what we <laughs> want to cover but it's cool because i think that the the big lesson if anything to take away from today is so important but now we're going to talk about the five different elements or the five steps to the training system but before we do that we got to take a quick break to thank our sponsors 
After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips. To join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves, head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. We're back. Take it away on those five key elements. Yeah. So, you know, when, when I talk to people, uh, when I talk to, to independents, when I talk to people, um, you know, starting their businesses, they know they need training. I, I think that, you know, really covering the value of training is important and critical because you, you start to see areas where it has an effect that you may not have thought of before. And it just emphasizes the importance of it. But, you know, inevitably, the, the, the next question or the central question is, well, how do, how do I do it? How, how do I go about it? Right? Where do I start? I don't even know where to start. And I think that that causes a lot of people kind of to run in the opposite direction, right? Um, you know, maybe even to bury their heads in the sand. And, and, and I'm here to, I, I want to tell your listeners um, that, that it, it's not, it's not simple, right? It is, it is rather complex. There are some, there are some complex things to think about, but you can do this, right? Is, is the issue, right? There aren't a lot of simple things in life, but, but it's complex and it is complex, but, but you can do it, right? If you just follow a systematic process right and and a, and an iterative process if it if you think about it in a cyclical way right that your first run through is not going to be your final run through that you can do it so let me just walk you through some of the basic parts of, of what it takes to build a training system an effective training system right you really have you really just have a few areas about five areas right you're going to think about your needs your objectives your program, you're going to deliver it, and you're going to evaluate it. Right? I'm going to just briefly go through those again. Right? So if you, you didn't catch all those, that's okay. I'm going to I'm going to review them. You, you begin training with identifying your learning lead. Right? And and if you are opening a restaurant, then then you you really 
have a great idea of what your learning need is. You're, you need to train your employees how to do their jobs, right? That's where you start. If you have an existing business, you might have an issue, a problem. You've got like a reoccurring problem. Um, it's the guest experience just isn't what you think it should be. Um, your kitchen isn't efficient. Um, you know, your front of the house isn't, isn't working well um, as a team. Uh, whatever it is, y- you, you've got a problem. And what you need to do is identify what learning what your learning needs are what learning will solve that problem and that, that's the first start, that's the first step so identify a learning need in some cases that's looking at a job description very very simple what are all the different tasks that somebody has to do and and let's get them trained on all of those sorts of tasks um, in, in other cases it's presenting a problem and really finding the root cause of the problem do you know does, does the is there no are there no processes and do we need to implement some and then train people on those processes um, are, are, are systems failing um, and do we need to train people on those so the first is identify a learning need. Once you identify a learning need in this training cycle, your next step is to identify learning objectives. Like what do you really want to accomplish? What is the training? What would determine whether training is effective or ineffective? Right? I'm going to come back to that evaluative component, but you really need a mission for your training, an objective for your training. And that, that's a critical one. Um, next is what people think about when I, they think about developing training, and, and, and I think the problem that often happens is that people jump right into this next step, which is design the training program. This is putting together the resources, the manuals, the scripts, the, the exercises, the activities, the, the lessons, the samples and such. This is putting all that together, and we've, we've all experienced training of some sort, and if we have, we've probably seen this quite extensively, right? The, the, the materials, right? And, and what's more is the next phase, the delivery phase, that's what we've actually experienced, right? So we've seen the materials. We haven't seen how they're created, but we've seen the materials and we've had them delivered to us. Um, so the fourth step is really the delivery. And, and I want to just bring us to that point. I want to just emphasize this point that step four is the delivery. There, there are three critical steps that happen before that. Before what you've seen, whether it's in the classroom or at the university level, um, whether it's an employment training somewhere, whether it's training for a hobby. Maybe, you, maybe you've attended you know, first aid training um, or CPR training from the Red Cross. Whatever it is, there's been a lot of development before you ever got to the point of, of, of you know, um, doing chest compressions. You, you've, there's been a lot behind the scenes. It isn't simple. It, it is complex, but you can do this, right? You can identify a learning need. Many of you are probably thinking about what your needs are right now. Um, you can identify learning objectives. And those, those fall from your needs. Um, you can put together materials. And like I said, it's an iterative process. Nobody, nobody needs to produce Pulitzer Prize winning material the first time, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we don't have to do that. But I think we want to, but we don't have to. So the, the fourth step is deliberate. And the fifth step, and, and I'll tell you, Eric, this is the one that gets me. You'd think that, that given the amount of, of time and effort, the cost invested in training, I, I, I quoted you know, over $170 billion is spent on training. The one area that I think is most efficient out there, and it's not just in restaurants, it's in businesses across the board, it's, it's they fail to evaluate their training program. Um, for some reason, people seem to be afraid of evaluation. And, and, I'm, and I'm here to say it is, it is important, it's critical, it will help you, and it's necessary. Mm. So evaluate your training program. You've got to find out, like, is it working, right? And, and that's where the cycle comes in because when you evaluate it, you find out what's working and what's not. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, prune what's not working, right? And, and feed what is working. Yeah. And and if you do that cyclically, you will have a world-class training program in, in in a far shorter time than you might expect. 
Yeah, I love uh, some of the emphasis you put on these different steps. The first one that I think uh, the emphasis on just having the objective. I feel like we start like, oh, we need to fix the problem, but we don't clearly define what that training is going to accomplish. You need to have that end goal. You need to have that that picture of perfection is what uh, oh, his name's escaping me, but it will come to me. Rudy Mick. Uh, he talks about that picture mm-hmm. of perfection. You need to know what you, you, the outcome has to be. You can't train anybody on anything until you, you've set the standard. Uh, you need to do that. You need to take the time to, to paint that picture of perfection. And then also the emphasis you put on, uh, it doesn't have to be perfect right away. We, we, I think people get in trouble with you know shooting from the stars right away. And they don't understand that sometimes you just need to start. Yes. Just create the habit of training, of creating the material. And over time, as you, you, you get that minimal viable product, that basic product, you just, the big part about why that last step is so huge is that evaluate the training is because now you use that step to grow the training program, to develop it even further by giving it that evaluation, by throwing things at it and seeing what can be better. So just get something. And then as long as you have that last step in there, evaluate and got continual constant growth it will evolve into something great over time it takes discipline but i mean the power i mean this is the power of having checklists you have you just system a process for your, tr- your creating processes uh like and yeah. if, you, if you i mean that's what this is this is a process for creating training processes and you need to have that last step in that process of evaluating in in making it better because yes. that's what will make you a great company is that constant desire to show up every day better than you were th- yesterday. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, anything else you want to talk about in regards to the, the cycle of training and the, the training program or overview? Well, yeah, no, I, I, th- I think those are the big points, right? And, 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 you know, are they, are they simple and straightforward? Um, no, there, there are nuances to each of these, right? But, but I, I, I really, love what you said and the theme which is just just get something right um anything in 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 really i mean in most situations regarding training anything is going to be better than absolutely nothing right honestly yeah like even if that anything is the desired outcome your training can start as a bunch of desired outcomes so you find out where the pain is what the needs are set desired outcomes for all those needs and it doesn't even have like, your first training step to training doesn't even need to be processes. Just get desired outcomes, get that far yeah. and then start from there. Yes. Um, yes. Beautiful. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about, uh, but I'm not sure if now is the time we can come back to it later. I'll let you decide. Uh, there's new technologies, new resources available to us to uh, create platforms to host all these training opportunities do you want to cover some of those resources now some of the things that you've seen out there i know you guys partner with uh weight trainer that's one of them that's on my radar uh do you want to come back to that or do you want to keep going uh no i could yeah let's let's talk about it i mean i i I love your show and that we you know we talk about what comes up right Uh, organic right um and so let's uh, let me i'll do that let's let's do that um let's talk about it now um yeah there there are a couple things um just to give a an overview, a philosophy, right? I mean, where I'm coming from, um, you want to develop, I'm, I'm very systematic. If, if, if your listeners don't know that already, I'll tell you now, I'm very <laughs> systematic and, 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 and sticking to systems and plotting, you know, just kind of continued progress to your objectives is, is the way to go. Um, if you start 
if you start with a methodology, right, you're going to you're going to use that methodology. If you say like I want to do all this sort of delivery, I want to do all simulations, right? The, the latest and greatest thing is is VR and I want VR training. You'll do it. You'll you'll What's, you what's can, VR training? Uh, virtual reality, okay. right? Where we strap on, you know, uh, a, a, a headset and you've got these, you know, uh, um these um, avatars working with you, right? I mean, we, we, you can think about my, my experience with training spans all sorts of, of industries. So I've seen a lot. I've seen, you know, basic and I've seen advanced sort of stuff, full immersion simulators, right? Whatever you do, you, you can choose a methodology, but but you'll use that methodology and, and that will be the focus. That'll be the outcome. You, you'll use that methodology well, right? But, but really what we're trying to do is train well, right? So what you need to do is start with your training, you need to start with your content. You need to start with your material and say, what is the best method to deliver that? And maybe it is on the job training, right? On the job training where, you're, where you have one individual who's training uh, watch another individual who's a trainer perform their duties, right? And you can do it in a very systematic way. You can do it kind of off the cuff, which is not effective, not as effective. But, but um, on the job training, we're all familiar with this. Most popular method used for training, I think two-thirds of, of American organizations use it as, as, as one of their delivery methods. So very, very popular popular, probably all participated in it, right? That's not, that's not high technology. That's not VR. That's not, you know, the, the latest and greatest sort of thing. But, but it can be used very effectively if you start with what you want to accomplish, right? Whereas if you start with the method of training, um, you can get lost. You can get lost in the weeds. You can, you can actually implement a system, a, a methodology that isn't the best. But yeah, today we have all sorts of wonderful methods, right? I, I really love the video-based training, right? I really love self-directed. So this is I get to move through the material as, as, as I see fit, right? I'm not in a classroom where we're moving at the pace that the instructor has decided upon or, or the slowest pace of the slowest learner in the room. I'm moving along at my pace. That's, that's really effective and adults really like that. I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, I want to talk about how adults are different and how your employees might be very different from what we, we typically think about in terms of learning. But, um, you know, I really like this this idea of video. Um, you know, but but I also want to make sure that that everybody knows, as a training professional, I would not I would not push to the side on the job training. I mean, it is it is it's been around for years, for decades, for centuries. It works. It's effective. And and, and you know, don't be. Don't be swayed by by the latest and greatest. But yeah, there there are lots of different technologies out yeah. there. Um, um, some which we're pursuing, um, which which are really exciting. Um, some of the things that we're going to be able to offer on on uh, restaurantowner.com. Yeah, you know, and I agree with you 100. There's nothing that replaces that human element, that on the job training, that being there, that one minute manager approach of just reinforcing positive behavior. Uh, but even on just that onboarding process, I mean, we the, the turn in this industry, uh, whether we like it or not, is very high. And if you can automate uh, just that onboarding process where you can track what you know what they've watched and help them. Yeah, you want to be there to answer questions and to reinforce it. But just to be able to track the training to record it uh, to standardize it. That's the other thing that's really great about videos is it standardizes it. So it's going to be the same every time. Uh, but there's, it's just a great way to onboard. Uh, even if you're using it just to onboard and to give people your culture, to, to show them your systems, your processes, your procedures, standardized is a great way. And you can do this as simple as just creating a page on the back end of your website where you host videos and you have people go through. It's as simple as having a phone out, going through the training program one time or recording it and hosting those videos on a private page on the back end of your website that you give access to your new hires. Or there's platforms like Wait, or uh, we talked about Weight Trainer and there's yep. Tipsy, one of my sponsors, a great service. Uh, that has the best people in the world, like training 
what they know about being a barista, being a server, being a bartender, all these little things. You can go through and create your own curriculums. Uh, I think school, uh, Hot Schedules has Skooks, Skooks. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. <laughs> and then there's Wisetail, which is another one. I'm not going to go into all these, but this is just some places for you guys to start to find out what's right for you. I'll have the links in the show notes. Um, all right. I think we can well, and, and, or, sorry, go and ahead. I want to, no, no I, I want to add one more thing. I mean, this is, I, I, you know, I'm a training guy. So I think about the philosophy of training and how training has changed and how learning has changed over, over, you know, decades and centuries and such. And I mean, this is, this is an important one. I think that we sort of miss, like we, we, you touched on it and I think it's great. Um, and that is, you know, it used to be the case where we had these learning centers, right. Where we, you know, colleges, universities and such, um, you know, technical schools set up everywhere, like all, over the nation, all over the world, right? And and you had a basically what these were doing is this was the only way that we were going to convey information and provide training and learning, right? Where where we look at it and there's like math 101 and physics 101 and psychology 101 being taught in, in very similar ways in, in you know in adjacent cities in in adjacent states, you know, all over the world, right? And you go like, is that the most efficient way to do it, right? We live in a world where technology has allowed us to take the best training delivered by the best training professionals organized in a systematic way and offer that you know, up to the world, right? I mean, the internet has allowed us quite a bit. And, and, and that's something that I would say we, we really need to capitalize on, right? I mean, if you have phenomenal training offered somewhere, you don't have to fly to Seattle or to New York or to Los Angeles or to Atlanta. You, you, you can, you can, your employees can access that anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what the future brings for yeah, us in terms of it is exciting. And just to kind of, we kind of been all over the place. We're jumping around. So I'm just going to summarize <laughs> that last section real quick. Uh, the training cycle first starts with, uh, learning the needs, finding the pain points essentially, uh, getting the objective, what you want the outcome to be, uh, training, developing and designing the training program, uh, delivering it, evaluating it afterwards and trying to improve it. And one thing I just want to make sure, uh, it's continual. Uh, you don't just train once and that's it. It's, it's, it's an ongoing, constant, continual process. You're always, always training. Uh, I'm not just saying training new people, but you're reinforcing those standards with the people that have been with you for five, six, 10 years. You need to keep, you need to keep everybody on that center line. And then there's tools that exist today to really increase the impact of your training. Uh, you can access knowledge from the greatest minds in the world and you can automate it and put structure. I'm not even, I don't like the word of automation because it, it implies that you said it and forget it, but you can keep it standardized and you can track uh, the training of your people using these technologies to just create, just to put structure into your business and anything else that I, I didn't touch on in that summary that you think. Is no, cool? I think th that's a great summary. That is a, you're spot on. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. And I, the only other things we have to talk about is just how different people learn. And you put a note in here. You really wanted to emphasize that some people learn differently, specifically adults learn differently. So what, what do we need to consider when training adults? Yeah, well, well, I think you know one of the things that I run into is is we've all gone through you know many of us have gone through you know some sort of formal education system right be, be it you know college or high school or, or middle school or elementary school or preschool whatever it is and and um, one of the one of the, I think one of the stumbling points um, that I find is that people you know forget that what applies to a particular segment of the population like children doesn't doesn't apply to adults and and I know that sounds really obvious right but but adults really are a different population than the learners that we typically consider. And, and understanding what makes them different, um, I think, really just 
allows us to provide training and, and learning resources that that target the, the the intended population, right? The adults that, that that we're dealing with. I mean, and when I say adults, I mean you know, individuals who are 16, 18, 21 years or older. And the, these are the employees that we're looking for, right? The, these are these are your restaurant employees, right? And given the amount of turnover in the industry, you know, training should be you know a central consideration uh, of of how you run your restaurant. So I just want to co- cover a co- couple of these. I just um, want to say and, thank and, you real quick for specifying what an adult is. I th- think sometimes we think of adults as like 30 or greater, but yeah, I mean, we're adults in our teens. These, so when we say adults, we're not talking about older folks. We're talking about yeah. your target employee. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So, so, you know, the first is a really basic one. Adults like to know why they're learning, right? That adults like to know why they're, they're being asked to participate in a training um, session. And, and, you know, I, we could sit here and think about this, and, and think about like, well, why do they need to know why, right? Um, but, but I like to think about it and like, how do you accomplish this? And, and will it affect my training in any way, right? If I, if I give to this need, will it, will it affect my training in any way? Um, and the answer is, yeah, it could affect your training. It could make it far more effective, right? So it, it boosts motivation. So why not do it? And how difficult is it to do it? Well, it's not very difficult, right? I think, I think what we need to do is realize that the, the, that, w- that connecting the dots is is a good thing to, mm-hmm. for employees, right? I see I see employees out there, and like I said, I see most problems outside in the real world, and I think, you know, this is a training issue, right? And my, my mind just goes to training issue, and and sometimes it's just employees don't understand the fact that what they do and what they say and how they behave on the job affects the customer, the guest experience, and that guest experience is going to dictate whether they return, right? Whether a returning customer and those returning guests that. That's going to affect the bottom line of the restaurant, which really comes to affect the employee. They just don't see the dots mm-hmm. being connected. And we, we have a chance to do that in, in training. Yeah. The other is – oh, go ahead. No, I just want to add what you're talking about right now goes into uh, – if you're interested in learning the importance of helping your people understand why, uh, check out Jack Stack's The Great Game of Business. Uh, Jack Stack and Bo Burlingham co-authored that together. And it it's essentially means people need to understand the game. They understand the business is a, a gigantic game. And if people don't understand how it, it works and why we do things, they, they won't get into it. Like baseball. Uh, you can't get into a, the sport of baseball if you don't know what the frig is going on. It's confusing. But as soon as you learn the rules of the game and you understand the game and what the, the batting percentage is and what all that stuff means, then you all of a sudden enjoy the game. So you have to teach them the game of business. And, and that comes from explaining why things are done. Uh, just yeah. want to put further emphasis on that. Sorry. To yeah, we have we all have a need, right, yeah. to to understand why, right? Something happens, and we all look at each other and go, "What happened here? Like, why did that happen? <laughs> right? Why not connect? Why not connect the dots for them? Exactly. Right?" So the second one is that that adults like to be self directed. I pointed to this earlier. You know, we we mentioned training technologies and video, and 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 how that really is probably going to lead the way into the next you know um, phase or or, or you know. Um, era of training is probably video-based training. Um, adults like to be self-directed, right? Adults like to go at their own pace. And, and what's, what that means is, you know, when you need to slow down, you need to slow down. And when you should, when you want to speed up or when you're able to speed up, then you should speed up, right? If you need to offer extra guidance, then offer extra guidance. If, if, if your learners tell you, if your trainees tell you, you know, that they want some extra practice, provide the opportunities for the extra practice, right? There's a very simple one. I love video-based training though because, you know, we've all gone to YouTube to learn how to do something. I, I don't think there are many who haven't done that now in this I day and age. I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't for YouTube. There you, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, I, I think that um, – 
adults just love this self-directed learning, right? We click on videos, we watch them, they're good, we keep watching, right? We, we, we fast forward, we, we like to direct our own learning, and, and that's a big one. Um, something that is very unique, the next one is very unique to adults, and that's that they bring past experiences, right? Um, they, they have lives. They, they've, they've lived 16, 18, 21 years, and so they bring experiences, and you can leverage those learning the, those learning opportunities that they've experienced, you can leverage those experiences to enhance your training, right? They learn from successes and failures. They, they, they can learn from those sorts of things. Um, but the, the issue is, how do, you, how do you approach this one? You got to know your learners. You got to know your employees. You got to know your new hires, right? Where do they come from? What is their experience? What, what is their former training? Um, and, and, and realize that they come in with expectations and they come in with, with their own unique understanding of of what it means to be trained even, right? And and you have an opportunity to, to leverage that and you have an opportunity to use it. And if you don't, it, it can really hurt you. Um, so adults learn by, by past experiences. They, they, they bring past experiences in. Um, the, other, the other one that I think is important to cover is that adults approach learning from a problem-centered focus. They, they approach it with a learning-centered focus. So, so you know, Think about the last time you went on to your example of YouTube is great, right? Or, you know, your, your mentioning of YouTube with me is great. Um, think about the last time you needed to learn something, right? Think about the last time you wanted to, to know how to do something and you jumped onto YouTube, right? There was a problem and you were trying to solve that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is just a matter of connecting the dots, right? If you're training servers, you're, you're talking about how to achieve, you know, the, 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 the ultimate guest experience, right? You're talking about how to perform well in the organization. You're talking about how to help the restaurant. You're talking about how to help the restaurant achieve its mission. You're just connecting the dots. Um, so, so that's number four, problem-centered focus. Um, number five, and I know I'm going through these quickly, but, but I, I think I'm giving them adequate coverage here. Um, and if I'm not, stop me, Eric. I, no, I, you're, you're doing good. Talk. I'm making notes. I'll come back at the end when you, if you finish up. Adults are different from, from um, you know, children and young adults in that Adults prefer to learn about ideas that have immediate relevance to either their job or their personal lives. And, and we know this. We're all busy, right? And, and, and you who are in the front lines of restaurant industry, you're very busy. And, and the employees are busy. They have lives as well, right? And they have little time to devote to unnecessary training. So, you know, if we step back to the training cycle, we're only going to deliver training that is necessary. We're only going to deliver training that has needs. And you don't know how many times, Eric, I've, I've seen organizations um, do something like, you know, they start off with initiative and say something like, you know, we haven't trained in a while. We need to do some more training, which is, which is the first step in a failed training system is to train for the purpose of training, right? It's got to have a need, right? It's got to have immediate relevance. Adults want that, right? Um, the last thing that I want to touch on is that you know, adults, very different from, from, from any other learners, they're motivated both intrinsically, right? So internally and extrinsic, extrinsically, externally, right? Uh, ex- intrinsic motivation, this is, these are things that, that motivate somebody to go and explore and find and, and try to perfect their, their skill set or, you know, try to improve their, their career, their, their, their learning. They want to learn and the mere act of learning um, moves them forward, right? That's that's an intrinsic motivation, right? Where where you're just you're just a motivated learner. You're just a learner. You just like new knowledge. You seek new knowledge. And we all know these people, right? I mean, you and I are probably two examples of that, and, and your listeners are are probably great examples of that. That's why they're on this. That's why they're listening to these podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, 
But extrinsic motivation, right? So th- these are external rewards. This is, you know, promotions and and certifications and qualifications and pay raises and and, and such. You can use both of those, right? Um, adults are motivated to learn intrinsically and extrinsically. I-, I hear people talking about, well, which one is better to do? And it's like, let's be greedy. Uh, let's do both, right? Yeah, why, let's why choose people. one? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so when we think about it, when I think about adults, I think about adults being different in those those six ways, right? They want to know the why. They want to be self directed. They they learn from past experiences. They they want a problem centered focus. They've got a problem centered focus. They need immediate relevance, and and their motivation comes internally and externally, right? So so um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, just a couple things. I t- took some notes listening to you talk, and the idea of uh, self-directed or self-directed, and you also mentioned uh, to bring pay attention to your employees and bring out past experiences and past knowledge, uh, or just their unique strengths as individuals. Take the time to learn your employees, and when when you take the time to discover what drives your employees and what matters to them. Again, the benefits of being an independent restaurant operator, you get this impact. You get to make a difference in people's lives. You get to make a job more than just a job, but a place people can go and contribute something unique because you give a fuck about them. I went there. I said the F word, but it's important. Uh, And I just want to put emphasis on that. But then the whole other thing uh, to tie this all together, if you know what they're good at, if you know what they they love and you give them the, the choice to, leverage their strengths and you just start at creating all the objectives right and if you start there and if you're a new restaurant and you have this team of new people and you get to know them you don't have to be responsible for making all the pro training you can train your people how to train and create all the stuff we're teaching you right now teach this to your people find out what verticals they want to be or be in where they're where they're good where their strengths are where they're knowledgeable and Give them the process for creating processes and training systems. And then that's when you create a company of leaders where your employees are running the company and you're enabling them. Uh, Take it to the next level. Uh, You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't, we feel overwhelmed. Like we have to do this on our own, but use your team, enable people. And it all starts with you just training one other person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we look to, we look to big org. You know, something I want to kind of uh, focus on here is we look we look at these big organizations, right? And, and look to see how they do it. Uh, you know, even even chains, right? Um, we look to see how they operate, and and you know they do it one way, and we want to emulate that. And and sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's bad. There's always there are always pros and cons to a particular strategy or size of business. And one thing that I think independents really should capitalize on is their their Small nature, right? I mean, they're not national chains. That's that's that's, that's mutually exclusive terms here, and 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 what I want to emphasize here is the fact that y- you actually have the opportunity when you want run one, two, or three locations. You actually have the opportunity to know those employees, right? You you need to capitalize on that, and and you might look and say, well, the chains don't don't have these sorts of systems in place. It's because they can't. They're too big. 
right? They've got thousands of employees spread across thousands of miles, right? Mm-hmm. They can't do that, and that's why they don't. But mm-hmm. but you don't have to you don't have to suffer that con, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that 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 just leads into you know effective training, right? Knowing your employees allows you to put together and and deliver and and you know or equip others. I love that equipping others to deliver effective training, um, or 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 equip your current employees to learn themselves, right? Learning organizations are are have a competitive advantage. Yeah. And I just want to, I think, um, one last, actually, there's a few other things you wanted to mention. So I'll save this thought for later. Uh, oh, I, I, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to hear yeah, I, I, let's, <laughs> let's do it. I just want to zoom to 30,000 feet real quick. And I'm thinking of Danny Myers right now, Union Square Hospitality, uh, Zingerman's, uh, you know, the, uh, Zingerman or it's, um, Aria Weinswag of Zingerman's family of businesses. And let's me gather my thoughts real quick. Uh, <laughs> so when we take the time to develop these people uh, and to make them more than just an employee, but to give them the knowledge, the ability to, to go other places, like we, we want to develop our people so that they need to leave our company. But the thing is, if you treat them so well, if you take care of them, if you have that culture of caring, when it's time for them to go and they don't want to go, you can give them a place within your organization to go, to grow. And that's how these great companies grow laterally like Union Square Hospitality because they need to provide opportunity to their people and they just say, hey, what's your vision? What's your, what do you want to do? You want to open your own restaurant? Tell me about it. And then invest in that person. Make them a partner. I mean, those big companies start from being small companies that care and developing people. If you want to get to that point where you grow laterally and you want to be, and you still want impact and you don't want to sell out and just do cookie cutter restaurants, you do it by investing in the visions, the abilities, the dreams, the, the just human equity, social equity. That's what this is all about, and it starts with enabling your people, and that all starts from training. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I mean, you know, I, I think that providing providing for your employees um, is probably one of the the greatest joys in running a business, and and getting out there and doing it, offering the training, offering the development, right, offering the the continual improvement, offering you know, creating success stories of your own, right? Why wouldn't we want to do this? I mean, it's the long game. And it's going to take yeah. years, tens yeah. of years, 15, maybe even 20 years. But you, you'll lay on your, your bed, your, your final resting place, that, you know, and you'll look and go, wow, I, my job had meaning. My, job, my life had meaning. I, I affected all these people, and it, it, there's no better reward. That's success. So Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, it reminds me of that, that – um, I don't know if it's a quote or, or saying or whatever it is. Um, you know, it goes the the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, yeah. right? The second best time to plant a tree is today. Yep. Um, Japanese proverb. I love it. There you go. Um, I, you know, th- this does take time. And if you haven't started it already, you know, today's the day you could start it. Yeah. And you ne- you'll never be ready. That's the other thing. You'll never be ready. <laughs> like you always go, oh, I'm not ready now. Like y- you, if you, we grow by finding that place of tension, by living in that, that zone of tension and pain and hurt, that's where we grow. Uh, and you're, you're never going to be at a point where you go, oh, now's the time. 
You got to go yeah. into that place of hurt and you, that's when it will get easier over time. And then you get right back into that place of hurt again. You live in that place of hurt. Yeah. Mario Andretti said, if you're not, if you have control of your car, you're not going fast enough. <laughs> I uh, love that. I love it. Yeah. So uh, any other thoughts, any last thoughts and any final just pieces of nugget you, nuggets you want to drop on us before we wrap it up? Uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, I'll, I'll share one thing, one, one last thought. And that is, you know, training is systematic. I went through the training cycle, um, you know, but but if we step back and we talk about learning, there's so many opportunities to learn. There, there, are, there are daily learning moments. There are daily opportunities to learn, whether you do it in a, a weekly huddle, whether you do it, um, you know, it, online, whether you do it with, with memos that come out, whether you do it one-on-one by just, you know, looking, um, you know, working with and interacting with your employees, you know, learning is, it should be a consistent ongoing activity in your in your restaurant right every opportunity every guest interaction every guest experience um, should be seen as an opportunity to either confirm what you know or to to just revolutionize your thinking and i think that the best restaurants and the best organizations have really you know just gravitated to that idea that that we should be constantly learning and and so I think sometimes we think about training. We think about these official times where training starts and stops, and 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 you know where where onboarding begins and where onboarding ends. And and a manual has a front page and a back page, and you've completed it and you're certified, and that's great. It you know systems are great and and we need them, but don't overlook those opportunities that come up, right? Don't overlook the 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 accidents, the successes, the failures, and learn from those, and teach your employees to learn from those sorts of experiences as well. I love it. Uh, this is awesome. I've had a blast talking to you. Uh, I've enjoyed it. This yeah. has been great. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who do you admire, Anton? Who is a restaurant operator, independent restaurant operator, you think would just make great guest mentors on the show, sharing their journey, sharing their advice, sharing their recommendations? So Eric, Eric, I knew you were going to ask this, and 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 I can give you recommendations of training professionals or experts in the field of IO psychology, but but I wanted to point you to someone from whom your listeners could benefit, and and someone from the restaurant industry, like you asked. And coming from RestaurantOwner.com, we can come up with plenty of names um, behind success stories, but two that stand out, and and to the best of my knowledge, they haven't been on your podcast before. They're Daniel Seidner and Joseph Munich co-owners of Black Shoe Hospitality. That's in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And they, they have three restaurants um, at Black Shoe. That's Maxie's, Blue Eggs, and, uh, Blue Egg and, uh, I'm sorry, Blue's Egg, and Story Hill Bottle Kitchen and Cup. And from what Jim and Joe tell me, Dan and Joe are top of their class. They understand the importance of culture. They're they're very intentional about incorporating culture in all their systems. Um, they were awarded the Small Business of the Year in 2015 and rated as one of the top places to work in Milwaukee by the uh, by their their paper there in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And I think your listeners would enjoy them. I think they'd be great guests. Dan, Joe from Black Shoe, look out, guys. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And uh, let the folks at home know how we can connect with you if we want to reach out to you or just restaurantowner.com in general. What's the best way to connect? 
Um, RestaurantHonor.com. Um, we have uh, all the all these resources for you that, that are great in terms of helping out. Um, you can go on there. You can find all of our email addresses. We respond to emails. Um, members, you can jump on and be part of the discussion forum um, that, that not only has uh, – not, not only that we participate in, right, as, as those who are facilitating creating this content and organizing it, but you'll hear from other restaurant owners um, from across the nation, from across the globe. So um, RestaurantHonor.com. Beautiful. Uh, and just like always, thank you guys for being sponsors of Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, RestaurantOwner.com, guys, head over there. Uh, it's a If you are not a member uh, right now, if you sign up using my links, this is episode 319. Head over to RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash 319. You can get 10 days for $1. Just get in there. Check it out. You owe it to yourself. Uh, it's a great resource. It's been recommended countless times on the show. Uh, and yeah, beautiful. Anton, thanks again so much for coming on the show. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you, Eric. It's been great. I appreciate it. Cheers. There is another episode packed full with just incredible advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Anton Velado, for coming on the show and just making us all better with that knowledge you shared with us. And some key takeaways for me today. Um, first, just that emphasis he put on uh, training culture first. And guys, training, what is training? Think back to when we were, you know, living in small tribes and uh, when we had all those small tribe conflicts. It's because we were more isolated back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. And we all had our separate little tribes. Uh, but as we started, uh, melting our tribes and blending our tribes into other tribes we are are basically what was happening is our way of thinking our what we knew to be true our culture our rules of life uh were similar we had similar beliefs and similar under similar understandings of what we knew to be true uh that's what culture is and uh, the the reason why we we're able to grow as a society and to live in these massive cities it was sharing similar cultures uh but within our restaurants within our organizations we have little micro cultures and people we don't grow up inside restaurants we grow up inside our communities and there's certain things we need to understand certain ways to behave within the restaurant that aren't intuitive you need to train that you, you need to train that culture tr train that way of thinking train the beliefs uh, that your team needs to have. I mean, you can't expect people to understand. I hate when I ha hear people say it's common sense. So much of this industry, just because you know it so well, is not common sense to somebody who's the first time employee. Like, you need to train this stuff. Start with training that culture, start with training the basics. Huge takeaway right there. The other big takeaway, uh, and I love that. Anton went here is that whole idea of just starting and he shared that Japanese proverb of the when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago when's the next best time right now your situation will never be perfect never put things off because you think that you know well once this happens and once I get that done and then I'll be ready to do this or I'll be ready to start training that time will never come now is the time just start and just start by doing this the most simple thing which is spelling out go make a list of all the the desired outcomes all the tasks that need to be accomplished in a, a day 
find out what you want those tasks done right look like. That's your desired outcome. Just make a list of all those things. Start with the end in mind and work backwards. Again, that's a, a line from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. They start with the end in mind and they work backwards. So just start there. What do I want my picture of perfection to look like? Make that list and then start backwards. Uh, and the other thing that we need to mention before we wrap it up is never stop. Um, you're not going to stop with just creating that list of a picture of perfection, the the list of things that you, you want to get done. Like you're going to start creating the, the processes to get you to that point. Well, once you create those processes, don't just settle with, okay, that's the process. How can we make these better? Every day, try to see what you can do in those processes to, to make them more efficient, to make them more impactful. Uh, never stop improving. And I, I need to reference the, the recent episode we just recorded with Tom Walters talking about the importance of entangled companies. Guys, entangled companies, we just define them. They're, they're companies that are led by their employees. And the leaders, the people who are at the top or uh, the people driving these companies are just enabling these employees to be able to run the company. So create systems, create processes for creating processes. Train your people how to train, like how to do what you do and then enable them and then give them the discipline to show up every day like you do to constantly improve. Uh, and, and then you're just there to remind everybody what the purpose is uh, and to do whatever it is that you love to do in your restaurant. But that constant never-ending desire to improve and desire to learn, it has to start with you because nobody will ever come to your business and take it there. Nobody's ever going to care as much as you do and nobody's ever going to work harder than you do. So don't forget that. Awesome stuff today. Uh like always, guys, please do connect with me. Find me on social platforms. Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com is my email. Social is Eric Cacciatore on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook is slash restaurantunstoppable. And set up those one-on-one -on -one chats. Uh, I want to talk to you. I want to hear what your, challenging, or what your challenges are, rather. Uh, and if I can't help you, I might know somebody who can. And if I can't, find somebody who knows what you're dealing with, then I'll go search for them and then we'll get them on the show. We'll learn together and uh, we'll make great content off of those, those pain points that you're, you're currently you know dealing with. And plus I just like to hear from you guys. I love, I love connecting with my listeners. It's, it's a, uh, it's a blast. Um, let me think anything else worth mentioning. Not that I can think of right now. Uh, I guess just five star reviews. Keep those five star reviews coming and please share this podcast guys. Um, I'm not doing this just for me. I mean, yeah, I'm here to learn. I'm, I'm asking these questions because I want to improve as a professional, but I'm also here because I feel like we need to share knowledge. Uh, we need to make this information to, that enables us to be successful available to everyone. Uh, and that's why this podcast is free. I mean, I, I really want to make social change. I really want to... to, to close the gap between the rich and the poor into bring back the middle class and it comes it all starts with sharing knowledge and lifting each other up and working together as a unit just trying to, to make our society better uh it seems cheesy but i mean that at the core i mean that's what really brightens my my day and that's what really drives me to keep showing up 
uh, knowing that I'm helping you and knowing that I'm uh, sharing this knowledge and leaving the world better than how I came into it. So share this podcast, guys. Please help me uh, make a difference by sharing this resource. Uh, I guess that's it. I'm being too cheesy now, so I got to shut up. I always get too cheesy. God damn it. All right. Until next time, peace out.